Hi, today we're gonna to talk about five steps to get your first paying clients, okay? So step number one, identify them. Who are they gonna be? Step number two is gonna be talking about preparing your services. Then we're gonna talk about finding the right clients by using your connections. Then we're gonna talk about cold email pitching and how it's actually not so bad as it sounds. And then the last thing that we're gonna talk about is setting up a framework for discussion with your client. So, step one, identify the categories and the types of clients that you want to approach. Now, make sure there's actually a market for your idea. 42% of businesses fail because no one wanted what they were selling, okay? So once you've researched that and you've found there actually is a market, then you need to identify your target audience. Are they new or established? Are they small or large or in between? Are they in your target market or are they outliers in industries or sectors that you don't know too much about? Are they in your geographical region or are they remote? What can you find out about them? Now this is where you need to do some very vital detective work. Here's an example. I'm a social media manager and my prospective clients are medium-sized restaurants. They're located here in City X. They are restaurants that may already be doing social media advertising, but I'm also including those who are not yet doing advertising and social media at all. Identifying this is extremely important to make sure all the other steps follow on properly. Okay, so now what we need to do is talk about the best methods of reaching out to them and also giving them a really good proposal with the right messaging that shows you understand their pain points and you're solving their problems. Now you might be thinking at this point, you know, Steve, I don't know how to search for these people and actually I haven't even defined who my preferred market is. Well, we can show you how to do both. It's pretty straightforward and the more you practice it, the better and more focused that you will become. So now you know who you're looking for, let's move on to step two, which is prepare your services. Now this starts with creating options in terms of packages. Packages can flex in terms of pricing options, volume of work, hours involved, flexibility of deadlines. The most important thing that they give you and the client is a very clear indication of what's going to be provided, which means you're creating certainty. Now, there are quite a few variations you can use for pricing and how you package your services. We go into this in a lot of detail on our course because it's so fundamental to building a healthy, profitable business. Becoming an expert in pricing for profit is one of the most important things that you can learn. Because if you're not making a profit, why are you in business? Now, there are three key aspects to pricing and here they are. Number one, the way you charge. There are basically two ways to charge in the service business world. The first and most common is a rate card, where you'll charge the same predetermined price every time based on a set of standard offerings. So for example, you might have a standard price for creating a logo, a company design, and a business card, okay? The second way to charge is bespoke pricing, which is the opposite of the rate card. Here, the scope of work and the price are determined from new, based on the client specific, and that happens every time. The second key aspect is what or how much to charge. Now, the rule here is to always remember, what does it cost me to exist? Not just, oh, what do I need to charge for this job? In other words, you need to have a really clear idea of all your costs, both business and personal, so that the prices you charge and the clients that you are getting to pay those charges cover all of your costs, both business and personal. So it's vital that you know exactly all your costs so that you can make fact-based decisions what you need to charge to cover them. 
Now, the first place to start is by building up your hourly rate. And this is done by doing four things. One, listing your fixed and variable costs throughout the year. Two, working out how many billable hours you can charge in a year. You know, 60 to 65% is the usual target. And the way to do this is to take the total number of work hours in a year. So let's say, for argument's sake, the total number of work hours is 2,080. That's 52 weeks at 40 hours a week. How many hours do you want off for of vacation and public holidays? Let's say you want to take a month off and you're going to get 10 public holidays. So you're going to take 240 off that, okay? And then you're going to work out 60% of that total. So when we get down here, we're saying 60% of this particular total here, I'm going to short change the math here, but it's actually 1,104 hours. Okay, so now we want to work out how much income you want to make in a year, including the profit percentage that you've selected. So let's say you want to make $50,000, okay? So we'll just put in here $50,000. That's what you want to make. Right. Now what you do is you divide that number into $50,000, and that tells you what your hourly rate is, which in this particular case is $45, okay? That's going to form the basis of the way that you charge. Now, there are several other ways to charge, such as cost plus, demand-based, bespoke, premium, and retainer. And as you can see, there's quite a few things that you need to know about. Each of them have their pros and cons, but to be successful in business, you need to understand them all, okay? Now, one of the key things to remember at all times when you're deciding what to charge is to manage your risk. We're not going to go into a lot of detail about that right now because it's a big subject on its own. But let me just say this, managing risk needs to be at the front of your mind at all times when you're running your own business. Okay, let's move on to step number three, finding the right clients by utilizing your connections. Now that you've identified your target market, know where to find them and also know what they're looking for, it's time to go and find them. The best place as always is to start with your friends, your family, colleagues, former colleagues, in fact, everybody you can think of. And it's not who you know, but who they know, and who the people they know know, and the people that they know know, you get the picture, okay? So, craft an email telling them that you're starting your service business and that you're looking for clients to fit your specified profile. So, give them a sample of the package of services that you provide and the service agreements that you have, because if you specify these things, it shows the people that you're writing to how professional you are and how different your approach is, and that's why they will want to help you. It's the friends and family letter template. Dear Brian, I'm excited to share some big news. I'm launching my new graphics design business in Falkirk, and I'm going to provide services to clients in Glasgow and the surrounding area. As you may or may not know, I've done graphic design for the past five years. What I love most about the work is the difference I make to businesses by giving them images and ideas which really work and drive their sales. You may be asking why I'm sending you this note, and here is why. Referrals are a great way for me to grow my business, and I'd love to support you or someone that you know who'd like to benefit from my graphics design and social media experience. So what I want you to do is have a think of the kind of people that might benefit and so if you could just note those down. I'm going to tell you the sort of person who I'm looking for. My clients are brilliant at what they do, but they're really frustrated with the time and the money they've invested in building their business. They don't know what they're doing wrong, and what I teach them is how to leverage what they are naturally good at in their marketing. Because they're not doing anything wrong, they just don't have the right tools and strategies in place to effectively share their services with the market, and so on. It's simple and it's powerful and it's to the point. 
Now, perhaps you're embarrassed by contacting your friends and your family like this, and it makes you feel a little uncomfortable. But to you, I say, this group are your most loyal supporters, okay? Anything that they can do to help you, they will. You're not begging them, you're inviting them to be part of your success in a calm, positive, and dignified way. And they will go out of their way to help you. You can trust me on this. Okay, now we're moving on to step four, which is cold pitching. Oh, I can hear squirming. Oh, do I have to? I hate cold pitches when I get them. Do I really have to do them? Well, if you want a viable, bustling, and highly profitable business, you'll need to get the right clients from wherever you can get them by whatever means are appropriate. Hey, no one said this was easy. We're here to help make any discomfort you feel now highly productive in the long run. So here's a few suggestions as to how to minimize the pain of cold pitching and to maximize the results, even at the start of launching your business. It's really simple. You go to LinkedIn, you search for your prospective companies using the list that you created way back in step one. You find a point of contact in that company that's senior enough to make decisions. If you can't find an email address, ring them and ask who you should contact. Then you put yourself out there because this is how you build a business. So then you write them a killer cold email, and it might have to be a sequence. The best way to do that is using humor. The results we are getting from using humor are awesome. So here's an example of a very successful cold email that we've been using. Now you might need a string of them to finally get their attention, but here it is. Greetings. Hi, I'm Steve. I got your email from a list smuggled at great expense under the billowing petticoats of a master double agent across the heavily fortified... Nah, um, no, you're one of my connections on LinkedIn. Remember signing up for our newsletter a few weeks ago? You do? Great. Ah, you don't? Uh, not so great, but you know, still good. So let me get right down to it. I don't know if this is a problem you have. I promise to give you some ideas you're free to steal and if you play your cards right, I might even tell you the lamest joke that I know. And if you want to avoid me at all costs, send this email to an unsuspecting friend who is starting up a business and then I'll never have to bother you again. Finally, it's time to release my favorite weapon, a picture of Group Captain Floofy Pants, Ferdinand von Dysonskopf, being standoffish, just what you've always wanted. I await your indignant response. Have an absolutely terrific day, Steve Ashby, founder, head charang, and top nut job. Okay, now while I think about it, the subject line of your email is absolutely critical. And use something like www.sendcheckit.com to try out your best email options because it's really, really incredible. Now, moving on to step five, which is provide a detailed framework for discussion with your prospective client. This is somewhat radical because instead of sales by stealth, we suggest a completely different approach. And the reasons why this works so well are twofold. Number one, it lets the busy person know what the meeting agenda is so they know they're not wasting their time by seeing you. And number two, it makes you look uber professional compared to all the others who just rock up and blah, 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 let the wind blow their tongues around. So write to the appropriate person and give them a framework of the process you would like to follow in discussing whether or not you and they are a good fit. Give them a sample of your packages and service agreements. That way, they can immediately see how professional you are and then arrange a meeting, go prepared with your sample proposal and have a useful discussion. You've done so much to condition the client to believe that you are professional and prepared that the meeting should be very productive. 
Now, Christian, I often get asked at the stages, should I start doing work for free to win the client's work? The answer is that there's no such thing. Nothing is free. And it's the same for massive discounts in the hope of winning a job. Your time equals money. If the client isn't paying for the work, you're paying for it. And doing things for free doesn't generally impress a client. It just makes you look either confused or desperate or both. Now, another question I often get is, why would a client pay me more than, let's say, another graphic designer? Well, if you've been following these five steps, your client thinks that you are highly professional and they'll be prepared to pay for the quality that you're promising. And that leaves you to be able to charge at a rate that gives you a healthy profit because you know your work is better, you deliver on time and inspect, you're totally responsive and you meet the client's needs more closely than the other lot. Often this is a matter of self-belief, which is why we say price with pride. Start out with the attitude that you know your work is better and then do whatever it takes to make damn sure that it actually is better. So there we are. I've now shown you how to get your first five paying clients without risking any of your money. Pretty awesome, eh? Well, that's all we have time for today. Stay tuned for more episodes on successfully building, running, and scaling your business. And we'll catch you later.